0: Welcome to the 5G TechVitory Podcast, where we will explore the hottest topics in 5G with some of the industry's leading minds.
1: Good morning. Um, Good to be here back to Riga. It's always a lovely place to be here. Um, so today we are going to um, also welcome those joining online. Today we're going to explore the topic of how Baltic regions can be competitive um, uh, technology innovation system, for example. So my name is Sylvia Lu, I'm with uBlox um, Copper strategy group and responsible for um, technology copper strategy. Um, so uBlox is um, a Swiss chipset and module vendor um, and um, delighted to be here also at the capacity of UK Telecom Innovation Network, UK team. Uh, so joining me today are the fabulous panelists, uh, which we're going to intro- have a round table introduction, a very brief one. but also after that we're going to explore three topics. Um, so first one, really to emphasizing the strength capability of the Baltic regions. And secondly, what are the challenges that we see here today we would like to address? And thirdly, uh, the strategic recommendations for how to be competitive. Yeah. So these are the three topics we're going to explore today. But of course, um, to start, um, we would like to invite my fabulous panelist to give a brief introduction, uh, two minutes each, who you are, who you're presenting, and why you're here. So we'll start with you, Darius.
2: Hello, everyone. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here with you. Uh, yeah, I'm Darius Stravinskas, uh, working in the Ministry of Transport and Communication in Lithuania and acting as a head uh, of uh, Future Policy Group, uh, which responsible for the mobility of the future in Lithuania, more or less, and uh, covering a, a lot of topics, uh, in w- uh, of which one is um, electronic communication part, and there goes all the... Uh, Infrastructure things with 5G, broadband, uh, satellite communications, and all the stuff. So, uh, we more or less did a lot of job in regardless uh, that uh, 5G was just uh, introducing in all the co- region. But uh, at the moment, uh, and later on, I will share how we achieved all goals we w- wanted to reach uh, four years ago, and that how we did everything, and already it's done in Lithuanian world.
1: Fantastic! Great to have you here, and we got Līga. Yeah, thank you.
3: Hello, my name is Līga Ēlere, and I'm from Exonicus and Exonicus is a Latvian-owned uh, small company with a headquarters in the United States, Seattle, Washington state, but also having a sister company here in Latvia, in Valmiera called ExxonIcus R&D. And we, what we do is we develop um, mixed reality uh, solutions for the military medical professionals to help them to train doing casualty care uh, with, by reducing the need for the typical traditional resources like equipment, instructors, things like that. And Exonico is actually Uh, was founded back in 2013. So we have been in a business for a while already. And I will share a really quick story here. Uh, When I was in a business school, uh, the the lead of the innovation program there, he had this nice saying that uh, there is no such a thing as five years old chicken, uh, just like there is no such a thing as five years old startup. Well, Exonicos is 10, so I would say a pretty mature chicken, but it is possible if you do innovative technology solutions for a composition of uh, three most probably most uh, conservative sectors in terms of the introduction of innovation military medicine and education uh, plus in b2g sector so I'm happy to be here to share some of my insights from our incredible journey uh, from 2013 to today. Thank you.
1: Yeah, that's, that's great. Uh, certainly, we're going to hear a lot about your insights in especially Startup community. And Lena, and, um, can you introduce yourself,
4: please? Yeah, hello, everyone. I'm Lena Briede. Um, there was written that I'm from Riga Technical University as Vice director for Innovations. Um, Riga Technical University is one of the leading universities in Baltic states uh, regarding the science and engineering. And it's, we are really active player innovation ecosystem. So in all different levels, starting from students, researchers, and basically our main goal is to find the best way how we can transform the economy through the innovations. But I have also several other hats, uh, maybe regarding this discussion. I'm also a European Innovation Council board member that is the one of the largest investment funds in Europe. And also a Latvian Startup Association board member. So we're quite, uh, closely work with the startups and, And I believe this is a great moment when we need to talk about this um, not only region as a whole, but also each stakeholder role to to really boost our innovation ecosystem. It's extremely important to identify ourselves and Riga Technical University has done that. We know that we are part of the ecosystem and we know our role. And uh, I hope that other stakeholders also see themselves in that and and the role and also the ambition and responsibility
1: to make it further. Yeah, amazing that's really with lots of hats so we're going to switch between them later in different topics and last but not least we got jack of Natter, uh, which is absolutely great to be uh, have you here um, and can you give us a brief introduction of yourself
5: yes hello everybody so first of all can you hear me before i start yeah amazing so so thank you thank you very very much for for having me um, I'm extremely sorry I cannot be um, kind of in person with you but uh, as we talk digital uh, I'm also happy we can use these kind of uh, digital tools for us to still be able to to connect and um, and be part of the discussion uh, today um, so yeah my name is Jacob Turowski. Um I have the great pleasure to be the public policy director for uh, Meta in CEE so myself and my team we um, cover um, like 21 countries um, in the in the region, um, and, and really the goal for us is to interact with the um, local ecosystems and uh, be be part of all these discussions about precisely how digital and how innovation can be um, how this potential can be used uh, as well as uh, as possible uh, in the in the region. So extremely. Uh, excited to be part of this discussion thank you
1: amazing so l- let's go straight to the next um, topic which is really the strengths and capabilities of of this uh, Baltic region so we start with you Darius. um with your extensive experience in the transport and communication ministry and also your experience um initiating the 5G sandbox can you um tell us more about this initiative and how you see this as a potential blueprint to scale the impact into the wider region
2: yeah so long story short actually we started four years ago with the national 5g national roadmap uh, which uh, together with all the stakeholders uh, we created uh, uh, 20 measures that was needed to uh, to improve you know, all the legislation and regulations and as well as infrastructure that uh, uh, we could have uh, good coverage of 5G in Lithuania. So after these four years, uh, we, until this end of the year, we'll be finishing all these measures implementing. And now in Lithuania, we have already about 90% of 5G coverage. And one of these measures was uh, you know, related to Uh, somehow facilitate boost uh, innovations uh, according with 5G. So, uh, at the end when the opportunity came, you know, to get the financing from Europe Commissions with this RRF funding, uh, we decided to allocate some budget to adoption of 5G uh, technology in uh, all the sectors of Lithuania, uh, using uh, uh, even others, uh, innovations and technologies like uh, autonomous mobility, uh, drones, uh, Internet of Things, uh, AI, VR, and all others. So uh, with that, we have just finished uh, our um, uh, competition of the projects uh, that could be funded, and uh, then, And it was the success because we have allocated only 24 uh, millions for that, uh, one part for startups as well. But uh, at the end, we have uh, applications for 120 millions that needed to be funded. So uh, this is like success story. We have seen the potential of uh, our Lithuanian market players uh, and that innovations in Lithuania will be necessary implemented you know but this is the point when the uh, policymakers can boost you know impact this uh, innovation uh, implementation in the country much faster than just leaving it alone to the market players.
1: And it's also a a platform for you to test your policy.
2: Yes and uh, yeah and another part actually what we say and what we are going to do, willing to do that these projects will will be implemented not just by the private sectors and the funding, but also adopting and changing the regulation and legislations that these projects will be tested, then they can work for a long time in the country in practice all the time. So, if like remote driving will be implemented, then we adopt regulation according to the project. You know that after finishing the project, remote driving in Lithuania could work uh, later on. uh, You know, and the business can use these uh, all benefits of it.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's 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 really cool Um, example of how this uh, funding could help innovation, but also scale them to the other neighboring regions if you like, in terms of the policy scale. Now, move on to uh, Lina, which uh, I know you have different hats, so with your European Innovation Council's hats, but also um, the Latvia Startup Association, I think. You're involved heavily as well. Can you provide us an overview of where do you see Riga, Latvia's strengths are, and how do you see that could help in terms of only the gaps of what the other region didn't have? This is a great
4: question. And, you know, it's the moment when we need to proud of something, uh, in, uh, especially in Latvia, and this is what we need to learn. Uh, we need to more talk about the great things uh, that are here. Uh, but, you know, I, I would say that we need to look in this regional context. It's at the moment for innovations, it's impossible to talk about one country or one region, almost uh, about one country, uh, or one like European Union, or it's it's not there anymore. So I believe the question is about how Latvia can bring some good value to the all whole innovation value chain and in, in which specific topics. We had great discussion yesterday, yesterday about microchips. You know this. Everyone knows in this room microchips, right? Uh, If there's some big role for those one or some countries in this topic, yes, there is. Uh, But it has been 50 years work on it. So, and if we go back to Latvia, I believe we we have several, several, several uh, advantages. So first of all, uh, I believe Latvia is in undiscovered potential, uh, especially regarding the talents and uh, excellent science and excellent industry. We are vibrant, so we are moving fast. Uh, It's our surviving kit, right? So to do things, we need to be fast and flexible. Uh, If we talk about regulation, let's take, uh, it's it's basically it's not first-hand, it's second-hand. So first of all, we figure out what exactly we need to do, and then we move with the regulation, and we can do it fast, and it's amazing for for innovation development, and as I mentioned before, the vibrant—it's—it's uh, it's, uh, extremely important that ecosystem is really close for each other. We we have this one shake, one handshake principle. We had that joke uh, some weeks ago in Boston because uh, we had a conversation about Latvian future, and there was in the room president. So this is only one shake to to get the our country president. So that all, only what we need is the clear message, what exactly we will do. Because there's so many topics, and this is for small countries a uh, big, big challenge. Where, where we should invest, because resources are limited, and, and uh, we need to move from this project perspective to the long-term framework perspective. We are a project country. We have hundreds of projects, amazing projects, but they always are limited, right? Would they start and the resources are not there. so many we need. Uh, we need to move from the project perspective to the long term perspective to the 10, 20, 30, 50 years where we want to go, go in which direction, what specific technologies we will develop. And we have good foundation here. 5G or telecommunication companies are great. We are the there's mo- more usage of the mobile phones than, I believe, in we are the number one, if I'm, if I'm not wrong. So there's a lot of things that are already happening. We need to use the situation and, and say loudly that this is where we will invest today, tomorrow, and next 10, 20, 30 years. And this is extremely important. This is advantage. We're at that point where we can make this decision. And it will be really important.
1: Um, so talents, Barbara. Startup ecosystem and Liga is one of the good examples, which we come back to you after um, Jakob. So Jakob, um, so from Meta, with all those advantages that Lena just just mentioned, yeah? so h- how do you see they can or Meta could leverage those um, strengths and really make, if you like, this region to be a force runner in the era of Meta? So please.
5: Yes, thank you. Thank you very much for for, for this question. Um, so I, I think that um, the Baltics, Latvia, but more broadly, Europe is really now in a kind of super important moment uh, in time of evolution of tech. It's not a revolution because uh, everything evolves in this in this business, but uh, we do have this kind of really uh, game changers with. Um, AI being more and more implemented uh, in many, many fields, uh, but also with the metaverse, which is, as you can imagine for, for meta, uh, something that is extremely important and also something that we do believe should be developed really at local level uh, in Europe. Uh, all these technological evolutions that we see are not evolutions that will or should be developed once again back in the united states in the silicon valley this is really here um, europe and maybe especially E. C. and maybe especially the baltics have an amazing potential um, to really be the front runners here um, and i say so because of as already mentioned the unique talents that we have the amazing engineers that we have in the region the amazing universities that we have in the region so really there's a, a, an opportunity for us here to be um, to be again the front runners and if you think about it it wouldn't be the first time like um, you know Europe was the leading kind of region with regards to to to, to 3G 20 uh 20 years ago uh, well we are at the moment where maybe we can win it back and and, and kind of stop giving the um the the, the driving seats to to the US or like some other kind of Approaches to internet represented by um, by China. Uh, now I, I'll maybe deep dive a little bit with uh, with this kind of uh, AR, VR, or next generation internet that we call internally the metaverse, uh, because to me it, it really is a, a, an amazing um, an amazing example of first of all the fact that um, it is a natural evolution of of, of the internet. Um, you know, it all started. Um, because technology allowed us to do so. It all started with uh, um, the possibility for human beings to communicate with written messages. Um, Then technology allowed us to send pictures, then videos, live videos. And really now the next step is to create this more immersive internet. This internet that will allow us to um, not being next to each other have this feeling to be next um, to be next to each other um, i give you a very concrete example i'm a huge football fan uh, today when i switch on uh, the tv i can watch my football game tomorrow i will put my uh, meta quest on and i will be in the stadium now of course uh, meta develops the hardware uh, develops some you know part of our applications but most importantly, and I guess this would be my main message, for this new immersive internet to fly uh, and this potential to be um, to, to, to be used uh, as should be, it's really about an ecosystem to be developed again at European and at local level uh, with all the startups, all the developers, but also public administration, also governments to sit around the table. And to think, like, what is it that we could do to use this potential? And as already mentioned during during this discussion, it's not like every country can go everywhere. So this kind of niche approach, where is it that we want to specialize ourselves? Where is it that we want to be really good at? Is absolutely crucial. And to get there, to gather this this ecosystem. What we see in many countries is that there is really a need to, again, I'm going to reuse the word, create the ecosystem. And like we have examples from Poland, Romania, Slovenia, uh, where um, we have like committees really working on uh, the immersive internet to develop a strategy hand in hand with the the government so that there is a clear, clear um, kind of path of what should be done, who does what, uh, so that this potential is used uh, is used as, uh, a, a, at local level, be it by university, be it by startups, be it by by, by developers. So I, I really think that we are in a stage of an evolution that allows for like huge things to happen, but there must be coordination. There must be discussion among all the uh, local stakeholders, um, so, so that there is a clear direction. Uh, in terms of regulation but also uh, in terms of really core priorities um, for the potential to be used.
1: Yeah, that's, that's really good insight. And um, so, of course, um, lots of mention to the startups, innovation ecosystem. And we have hands-on um, lady here, which um, have your startup here in Latvia. So, um, can you give us your insight into what's been working and perhaps what's also not been working?
3: right. Thank you. (coughs) Well, first of all, we are lucky to be able to operate in the free country. And I think let's let's not forget this when we tend to complain about what other better opportunities we could have. So firstly, we are in a free business environment we 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 are free country, so that's very important aspect i think Uh, then again we are lucky to have a wide range of of uh, opportunities for the new businesses here we have mentorship programs we have accelerators we have uh, funds european funds available we have access to that and exonicus actually is the first company from latvia Uh, who coordinates um, uh, the European Defense Industry Consortium within the European Defense Fund initiative. Uh, So it's just an example that the chicken has some power actually to do big things. Uh, And this is a story about being fast and flexible. Uh, I believe then we are lucky to have uh, excellent internet infrastructure here. Uh, outstanding in internet in Latvia. Uh, We have uh, the first in Europe 5G defense test bed, which is freely available for small companies like ours to to do our future-oriented technology tests just across the street, basically. So it's it's a great advantage. Uh, Then the talents, the people. Uh, We have so many talented people here uh like Exonicus R&D team it's 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 a such a strong team and i mean we are we don't hire a- aliens we we have Raimonds from Tukums and Sandis from Talsi and Davis from Valmiera and Līga from Cēsis and Elīna from Cēsis you know these are people coming from the same uh, towns and schools like most latvians do so very very talented team and then we, Exonicus, has collaborated with uh, the national, with the local research uh, institutions, universities. We have had very good experience in research collaboration with Riga Straddinch University, Military Medicine Research Center. And then we have such bright minds out in the regions also, like uh, uh, University uh, of Widzim, Applied Science University. Uh, they are doing in their VR laboratory. They, they, they do miracle miracles in terms of the research. Uh, very world class uh, world class results are there. So it's 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 a great 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 advantage, and we just have to use those opportunities here. Of course, it doesn't mean that there are no challenges. Uh, and uh, if, if 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 the journey was a really easy one, then probably Exonicus would be much younger chicken than <laughs> than it is. <laughs> so, of course, there are, there are some some challenges we face here. Yeah.
1: yeah, So perhaps also continue with that point on the challenge. So, can you illustrate and um, and what what really would help you to move yeah. to the next stage?
3: Well, as for startups. Uh, Scaling is always a challenge. Um, and um, the domestic market here, of course, is really small. And so we have a good reason why we started in the, in the US. Uh, but actually we are happy that now we also have a presence here in Europe, in Latvia. But to be honest, when comparing challenges being a, having a one startup in the US and having one here in Europe, uh, we face more challenges here. And that's, that's true. And um, in our experience, uh, these challenges, since we work with the governments, with armed forces, um, it's about, how to say, rules of the game. We need clear rules of the game. Uh, it's something that also Leanne said, that, that we need a strategic vision where to go further. We are a project country, <laughs> that's true. So we have this project, and do, does the government have a vision what to do next once we have finished? I mean, we have been working for two years on a very tailored to army's needs product, mm. but. When the project ends, what happens? We don't don't have a promise from the government what would the business deal by the end of the day look like. So it's it's this project approach, it's good for the processes, so we have development process well-funded, which is nice and which is great, of course. But in terms of the result, when it comes to the commercialization, I know that Europe is pushing for the joint procurement now, especially in the defense sector and so on. Uh, from my observations, I think we are not there yet. On a paper, yes, probably, but, but, but I don't feel that the governments are really, that they feel comfortable on purchasing solutions coming straight out from the laboratory. And then they put the requirements high. And then by the end of the day, again, the big and traditional companies uh, win the deal. Mm. So it's 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 uh, that's probably the main challenge in, in in my experience.
1: Now, if I may, that's that's hold on, that's a good point. If I may move to Jakob, um, so you are corporate, massive corporate, compared to startup, but also you manage to navigate in this region in terms of funding commercialization. So what? And there's also a a fine line between over policy regulation and also innovation encouragement. So there's a balance here. So how do you see um, regulation in Europe would affect the local startups and economies? And what potential solutions can you suggest to mitigating this? What what is the fine line? And how do you recommend to really help the startups also um, the scale up to navigate to the next step as well.
5: Yeah, so I mean, there is in Europe and maybe especially in CE, um, a a massive community of tech enthusiasts, tech experts, again, startups, universities, you name them, Uh, people that really understand how important, um, like, everything that is digital related can be for the kind of macroeconomic growth uh, of, the, of the local countries. And I really insist on the C aspect because, um, you know, we do see, we continue seeing this kind of uh, uh, difference between, um, you know, countries like Germany and like France who are kind of stuck in their old industries um and countries well you know in central and eastern europes including the, the the baltics that uh we don't have any mercedes we don't have any um you know renault so for us smaller businesses and and smaller startups are really the backbone of our of our economies and this is something that we absolutely um need to uh need to cherish so there is in the region a lot of enthusiasm about it uh but then if you look at the nitty-gritty of what's going on from a regulatory perspective in europe and if you compare it to what's going on elsewhere in the world um well the more it goes the more i'm really afraid that we may miss lots of opportunities and maybe i'll start by giving you very concrete examples of a new trend that we see of products new products just not being launched in europe because of regulatory constraints um maybe you've heard about this new app that we launched a few months ago called threats this kind of uh, kind of twitter slash x like uh, application uh, it's been the most downloaded application in the world ever so far so massive success Well, we didn't launch it in uh, in europe we didn't launch it in europe only because of regulatory reasons Same for like you know Google didn't launch didn't launch sorry uh, Bots their new AI assistant um, at the beginning um, we're launching hand in hand with with Luxottica Rayban kind of new smart glasses and all the AI campaign out will not be incorporated in the glasses why because of regulatory constraints and these are things, of course, that it will impact like us, Microsoft, Google, but it will have at the end of the day a consequence for consumers in Europe. It will have uh, at the end of the day a consequence for um, uh, for for SMBs and for for local players. So really this kind of uh, uh, like fully appreciating the fact that Europe wants to be a a leading player in the regulation regulation aspect of, of, of the tech sector. And maybe to some extent, rightly so. I mean, I think it's fair to say that for the past 20 years, there's been a huge need of regulating uh, the tech sector. There's been a huge need of regulating things that were absolutely totally new. If you think about data, if you think about content online, this kind of regulations um, that really Brussels drive is something that is extremely important. But on the other hand, you know, what we see is that within the 10 top global companies, none is from Europe. When we think about private investments um, in, in AI, well, these investments are 20 times more important in the United States than in Europe. And AI is a very good example, by the way, because like one of the reasons why there is at the end of the day so little investments in Europe is the to come regulatory framework that is now being developed in, um, in Europe, that doesn't give any certainty about what is it that can or cannot be done moving forward in Europe. And, well, if you invest, uh, you would like to know where, where you're going. Uh, so, again, I really have the feeling that, whereas a lot has been done on the regulatory side, now there is really a need to maybe slow down and think about what can be the impact uh, on the businesses and from that perspective i really am convinced that uh, our region has a massive role to play we are the countries that have the better understanding of the added value that um, again the tech sector broadly speaking can bring to the economies we are the region that um, where the tech sector plays the biggest role, all in all, in the in the in the in the local economies. Hence, this is really crucial for um, for the region to to drive this agenda, uh, kind of balancing between regulatory framework that is needed to protect the user, to protect the consumers, but on the other hand, really uh, not allow. Uh, for the creation of a regulatory framework that will make us lose lots of opportunities.
1: Yeah, that's that's very insightful and this agility here, this really also reflects to what mentioned earlier of this region's strengths, which can help with that particular regulatory uh, framework balance. Now, move on to Lina. Um, so Liga mentioned about this funding Difference for small companies and big players. So, how do you see in the European or Baltic region? What would be the suggestion to really help to balancing that? And, and do you see any success stories? And how do you see that should be going forward, moving forward?
4: Yeah, because. This again, it's, uh, it will be unpopular, maybe, <laughs> suggestion. But um, if we go again, we need to look at the investment funds uh, that we have uh, here in the region. They are mostly funded by Europe money uh, in the first hand, and. And then we need to look again in Europe-wise, how we look in the investment world, and, and Jacob has totally right. So the private investment capital in, in Europe, there's several times less than in the United States. And private capital, there I'm not calling that free money, you know, but it's more flexible money than funds itself. So that's why more of the promising startups look in the United States as possible second investor or the third investor and stays there. Because of that, That it's faster, it's bigger money, uh, there's more opportunities and they are more risk-taking country and investors at all than Europe. Europe now understands that. Uh, the AIC fund showed that there is challenges. I will call in simple, challenges. Uh, and, and there's a lot of discussion with the, with the startups and it's, it's the big, about the turn moment, if Europe will be able to make more risky decisions regarding the investment and hold the promising startups here, or will give up and leave all the startups for United States and other countries. So it's a big decision. And regarding the region, like Baltic states, and there's again, Jacob highlight really important question about the private companies and uh, like private sector. We don't have a big companies, it's true. And the question is who should finance the startups who is able to, you know, raise the ca- private capital. Uh, in In Estonia, I believe there's the big moment was, was, was Skype. <laughs> so it's really changed the way it, but it, it's true. It's it's also that in Finland it was Nokia, etc. So, but it's uh, big uh, game changers who ma- changed the VCs, who changed the private capital money, who is turning in the market. Uh, and we don't have that. Uh, so we don't have this big exit. And uh, the VC funds are based based on, on Europe funds, and it goes together with a lot of regulations, again. Uh, And I believe that that in this moment, there should be government who steps in. In small regions, uh, again, it's, it's research. You know, it's based on research. In small regions, innovation should be funded from the government perspective. And then goes together with these priorities that I mentioned before. If it's like the fence, so it's not project you know apl- application to the investment if the fence is important we know exactly how we will prolong this kind of activities and investment in new technologies that we will involve it's crucial and i'm i'm not aware about how the things is uh, going on with the estonia government and and lithuania government but i believe we are in the same you know uh, I was like waving, <laughs> period, uh, but it's extremely important. And again, regarding the U- Europe funds, let's be honest, uh, the split of the funds, 3% goes to 13 countries, and 98% goes to other countries. It's, it's fair, so it's a competition, but still, uh, so the balance between the regions, there's no balance. So regarding the innovation index, name all the indexes you want in europe wise. So we see that this dramatic cha- like change, and, and we're losing, we le- losing this opportunity. And, and this is what I'm, I'm saying in every moment that I can in the panel, interviews, whatever. Europe is not united regarding the innovation market. Let's be honest, let's start with that. And then we need to figure out what exactly we should do next. Because we're losing the game regarding the innovation competitiveness uh, with other regions because we are not united. It's not one market. There's no one market. And, and, and then I believe, and also from a regulation perspective, as Jacob mentioned, and I, I believe that sh- here we should be united as, at least as a Baltic state and have at least one voice in Europe Commission. There's no voice of our region. There's th- th- it, there is, I'm sorry, but it's so tiny that we—it's it's even that we, there's nobody here. That there's some, you know, issues <coughs> here. <laughs> but 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 you know, it, but it's extremely important to be as Latvia. We are not able to do a lot in the European Commission. It's it's true. We are one country uh, from a lot of countries. But if we are three countries, it's already better. So we have common opinion. I believe this is really political important decision that we have this one united voice. What exactly we want to say and go together. Uh, as a small region, there's no chance that as a one player we can win any game. Mm.
1: Well, we heard challenges, we heard what well, the startup needs, and obviously there's also over-regulatory. So really not too putting on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> what, what would you, you suggest? Um, or do you think there's actions or activities underlying or happening ongoing now to address those? perhaps just mention because of course the 5G sandbox is one of the initiatives with funding and you'll be announcing the winners and next funding soon I guess so how do you mitigate or navigating those challenges from your perspective
2: yeah so uh, I heard what everyone said that uh, small let's say startups is challenging the uh, scale problem uh, and even the what would be at the end of the project the big corporations challenging the regulation and legislation part uh, and what the uh, countries like lithuania is challenging and from policy making well uh, and we are challenging allocating the budget for these innovations you know uh, and uh, uh, fostering this, uh, let's say, <clears throat> innovation, adoption, or creation in our region. So it, it looks like you know uh, there is quite simple solution, but of course it needs you know to be agreed on between all the countries. As, and like a good example would be if you heard already that the UK will allocate about uh, 250 million pounds for. Uh, 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 for uh, uh, solutions that would be tested and uh, uh, created in UK, Lithuania allocated 24 million, and that these, uh, let's say, solutions would be implemented in uh, in Lithuania. But you know, as Lithuania and one region, of course, we can you know uh, be agile like a country and change the regulation and legislation in this one, uh, uh, area, national level. But we won't attract so many, you know, potential uh, companies to do their test and even their you know, uh, business in Lithuania because we are small by the region, by the country itself more or less. But, you know, if all the countries, three Baltic states, you know, would uh, come up with the main idea that they can allocate each other, let's say, 25 or 30 million each and create one big fund, it will be about 1 million uh, euros of funding, you know, so then it would be uh, a little bit more or uh, attractive to the all organizations and uh, will create a little competitions to the big let's say economies But for other hand, you know, not only the money attracts, but and regulation. So of course, uh, we won't change, let's say, Europe's uh, commissions, national, uh, regional, regulatory frameworks, but we can adopt our national uh, regulations as possible, you know, that the corporations and companies could easily uh, test and invest money and, in, and, uh, and provide these solutions not only for Lithuania, let's say, but all together in all Baltic states at once. States at once, yes. So let's say you know, one company comes to test something in Lithuania and it works. Okay, we are happy here. But if we say that all regulation framework of all Baltic states would be the same, so the company would come and uh, test the business, you know, and provide solution uh, 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 in all the the, the region, So the economy is much bigger here, and then we can create the competition to other, let's say, regions, and then how we can have our voice, you know, in uh, in Europe Commission as well, with the good examples, you know, what works, and then the national authorities, uh, let's say policymakers, uh, can make more risky decisions than the Europe, Commission, more or less, talking about the old European Union. So this is how you know we have to agreed on common fund, and it's, I'm not yeah on common fund on common regulation in Baltic states and go along this way. So, uh, so we tested and it works in Lithuania and with the potential of the market. So now we have to scale with the region. And you know, not to reinvent a wheel. So need just to sit and to agree on all these perspectives on funding, on regulation, and on common, you know, voice in the European Commission.
1: Well, that's fantastic. I uh, wish we had more time. And um, I need to get back to the MC and see if there's online questions.
0: Yes, uh, Sylvia. Thank you. Uh, there is one. It's Kind of comment but also the question because in our poll when we were asking what is the most important thing or factor which would work uh, actually every third said it's about diverse and talented pool of uh, of people who would do it every third and then the question was what um what do you think are the strategies to employ and develop tech talent because it's such a competition all around the world. There are so many great places to go and so big money to be paid to the talents. What has worked the best so far? Jakob, uh, by the way, mentioned uh, EU regulations as a repellent because we are just not allowed to, to come up with some projects or, or products. Is there anything else? But what would work? What is working now?
4: I believe we need to then uh, go deeper and understand what talent is. Um, So, in my opinion, um, the talent is that person who have discovered his or her strengths. And then from that point you move forward, right?
0: Discovered what?
4: Your talent, what right. exactly you are, what is your core talent, and it's ex- and then you can work on it because it, you know talent is the is the result of the work. It's not something that you have just oh yeah I'm so talented in painting, but I haven't painted none right. So this is about discover yourself and then understand exactly where I'm moving there. And I believe regarding that we have a small. Communities, uh, this possibility and flexibility to change the path—they are—they are there, and this is extremely important. And I know that this um, lifelong li- lifelong learning possibilities—that you are this moment, you are this person, and then you figure out I want to be another person and start something new—and it's impo- It's possible.
0: No matter but, how old are you.
4: Yeah, exactly, and that you. And these decisions are not so so many related to life and death decisions uh, that in some big economies, like there, you are not able to take a pause, you know, and start from over again uh, because you have some responsibilities, some big responsibilities regarding financial responsibilities, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I believe that here we are more working on discovery the talents mm-hmm. and then help them to develop it. And and this, I believe also for education system, it should be a turn moment that we are not just listening the industry who is screaming, we need more engineers, we need IT specialists, hundreds, thousands tomorrow. we We, we hear you, <laughs> we know. But, but again, we can't just force people to choose one or other direction. Mm-hmm. It's about this individual approach and it's extremely important.
0: So, parents, please uh, help your kids to discover their talents and tech would be also a great place to go. Thank you, Liene, for your comment. And thank you, Silvia, for the moderation. And thank you, the panels. <clears throat>